The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is the future of the future with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they'll discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, you are absolutely, positively in the right place. Let's see here. We have an interesting buzz on the street about what's going on in business. The paradigm has shifted. It has changed. Listen up. I found a quote from Eric Pearson, IHG, that's International Hotel Group's Chief Information Officer, appointed in 2012. He should know what he's talking about. And here's the quote. It's no longer... The big beating the small, but the fast beating the slow. Think about the implications for business. That means just being a big behemoth enterprise isn't always going to cut it. Okay, here we go. So here's a reality check. We're talking, of course, about digital. Digital technologies are already an integral part of our businesses and our daily lives. Come on, you know, somewhere, something with digital is touching you. It's a sensor. It's a chatbot. It's an answering machine that's not a person. It's something. So looking at the business side. If you're a company out there, I know we have audience all over the world. If your company is not paying attention, wake up. Smell the facts. Smell the roses. Smell the digital technologies. As technology erodes what you know is your traditional product-based advantages, a new competitive battleground is emerging. It's emerging. It's here. So which companies will survive? Which companies will thrive? Well, good news is you will if, ah, here's the caveat, if you transform your finance your supply chain, and your HR systems into an agile digital core. What does that mean? Okay, you have to connect your employees, your inventory, your supply chains, and your customers across the entire enterprise. Sounds like a lot of work. You may have already started. You may have dipped your toe in. You may already be doing it, not really gotten to the point where you're the fast beating the slow. That's why we have two experts with us today who are going to help us figure it out. So welcome to the Future of the Future with Game Changers Radio. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Let's see who's on the panel today. Well, we have two uh, two colleagues. They're colleagues of each other's from Deloitte. First up in a moment, I'll introduce you to Bill Briggs, the CTO at Deloitte Consulting. And a shout out, of course, to Carla Neal at, at uh, Deloitte for always being there when we welcome her colleagues on Game Changers Radio. And joining Bill on the panel is Mike Brinker, Global Practice Leader for Deloitte Digital. Totally appropriate for this topic, yes. So Bill Briggs has sent me a quote from none other than Lauren Michaels. You may not know his name, but he's the producer of one of the longest-running shows that you may still watch and you may still say, 
I don't know how funny that is, but it's interesting. We're talking about SNL Saturday Night Live. Lauren Michaels, born in 1944, a Canadian-American TV producer. He's also a writer, comedian, and actor. He created and started producing Saturday Night Live way back in the day. He also produced the Late Night series since 1993 and The Tonight Show since 2014. Kind of busy. Here is the quote from Lauren Michaels that Bill Briggs has selected. We don't go on because we're ready. We go on because it's 11.30. Bill Briggs, I love the quote. Nobody has ever in a thousand shows quoted Lauren Michaels. How are you, Bill? I'm excellent, Brian. Great to be here. Great to have you. Talk to me. Yeah, Yeah, well, my second favorite quote is Duke Ellington. It's very similar. It's, I don't need time. I need deadlines. Right? So you can can tell a theme here. (laughs) And a big part of it is just there's so much change happening on so many different levels that the biggest, we have to shift the, the frame from how do we think about opportunity and potential and uh, actually start doing. The best way to go fast is to go fast. And, and uh, we know that the world's going to continue to change. The, the things that we can do will continue to evolve. So how do we make them bounded? How do we make them practical? How do we actually drive value? And to your opening quote, uh, how do we become one of the fast, not the slow? So together, I think thematically, it, it sets the stage pretty well for this conversation. So, so Bill, thank you for that. Uh, are you a big fan? Do you still watch SNL, or you just I do. do the opening? I have, and, and it's one of my bucket lists. Actually, our headquarters are in Thirty Rock, uh, so whenever I'm there, I always kind of look wistfully at the eighth floor elevator and say, uh, "One of these days, I go see it live." Uh, but it, it, you know, think about how many years. I think it started in seventy six, seventy seven, you know, something like 40, so at least forty years. Yeah, at least forty years, and the fact that every week there's. Kind of starting over from scratch and have to put a live show on uh, with who knows what kind of caliber of a guest host, which is pretty fascinating, right? It might be a sports star that's never stood in front uh, and tried to read five words together uh, before, or it could be an Oscar-winning, ego-filled actor that's uh, going to have some ideas about how far they'll go and how much pretend they'll play. So um, I, I, I do watch, and I think it's just one of those fascinating institutions a lot we can learn from business from how they kind of just make do and, and go on every week. Critics be damned. I, I uh, agree. That's right. Critics be damned and hosts be damned and guests be, grand, be damned. <laughs> I've noticed also, Bill, just as a side note, that sometimes Academy Award winning actors and actresses are not good at reading off a cue card and being yeah. as in the moment as they've ever been. There was one host recently, a, a woman who's a marvelous actress. She's just in every other movie you see today. And she really bombed as a host because she just wasn't, she didn't have that in the moment kind of personality that could go with the, okay, it's 1130, we're on, let's just do it. And and uh, just one question for you before we move on to Mike Brinker and his quote. The, the idea of we go on because it's 1130, is, is that a new mantra in the digital age, Bill? Is yeah. that part of being fast beating the slow that, damn it, it might not be perfect, but just do it? What do you think? Yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, it doesn't mean there's, there's not strategy and a need for strategy. Of course there is. And, and a big part of what we help our clients do is, you know, how do we think big, but then how do we get it to start small? You know, the, the, the days of being able to say with certainty, you know, here is a multi-year transformation that we're, we're willing to take on because we know exactly how the world's going to look when we get to the finish line. You know, one, there's no finish line anymore, you know, because of the constant change in the needs of the market. Uh, 
demands of customers, just the chance to reshape and reimagine how work gets done. We're going to focus today a lot about the, the core, but even the broadest, you know, the lines of the boundaries between industries are, are blurring if haven't disappeared already. It's new products and services and offerings and business models. And so this idea of you, you need to be thoughtful in broad intent and mission, but then you have to be able to start small. And if you're going to fail, let's fail fast. If Hopefully we're not so we can scale soon. Either way, we've got to, it's still a culture of learning and courage to say, we're going to, we're going to plot a course uh, and we'll certainly have to correct, but, um, but we, you know, we, we have to go. We have to, we have to move. We have to try. I, I agree, and, and that's scary for a lot of companies and for the people who run them. So we'll talk a little bit about that culture change. It's not just a new business environment and a new battleground, but it may be a new challenge for how people go to work, how they react, how they interact, how they get themselves primed. It's not your not your grandma or grandpa's old company. It, it's a, a whole new environment. Thank you so much, Bill. Great introduction to our topic. And now let's welcome Mike Brinker, Global Practice Leader for Deloitte Digital. And Mike has selected a quote from Dr. Ahn Wang, who is the CEO of Wang Laboratories. And the quote is from his 1986 book, Lessons. Let me just tell you, Wang was a Chinese-American computer engineer and in inventor and co-founder of the computer company Wang Laboratories, known primarily for its dedicated word processing machines. And very interesting, he was also known for his pithy aphorisms. Boy, that's a tongue twister, summing up principles based on his experience in business and life, including success is more a function of consistent common sense than it is of genius. We'll just leave that one alone. Here is the quote Mike Brinker has selected from Dr. Ann Wang. I have come to see that the key to long-term survival for a company is adaptability. Perfect quote. Mike Brinker, welcome, and how have you been? Uh, Bonnie, I've been great. Um, joining you here from London today. Yes, and how is everything in London? Is it uh, pluey, or is it sunny, or warm, or what's doing there? Uh, it's a little cloudy and uh, a lot colder than uh, you would expect at the end of May. Oh, my. Well, blanket up there. So talk to me. I hope you're someplace warm and cozy. Mike, love the quote from Dr. Wang. And tell me something. Um, got a lot of buzzwords in here, a lot of keywords, long-term survival, adaptability, <laughs> key. It, it's almost like we want to write, write, write a whole lesson plan based on this quote. So how does it work with our topic today of the new business battleground, digital technologies? Yeah, Bonnie. So I, I chose this quote um, truly based on the, the irony. Um, for those that knew Wang, Wang was uh, an epic computer company um, based in Boston or just outside of Boston in the uh, 70s and 80s. And Dr. Wang started that company. Um, he, he started it on the back of a memory chip that he created and built calculators. And then he pivoted to build uh, mini computers for the office. And a little fun fact, so I started my career at Wang Laboratories and um, mm. right, right, before, right before I watched them completely collapse. Um, so when you look at this quote, it's, it's just a fantastic reminder, right, behind every behemoth that, that, that wasn't agile, behind every behemoth that fell, there is a quote from the CEO, right, that... Mm. that you know, has a tremendous amount of irony in it. Actually, there, there was another great quote uh, from 2008 from the CEO of Blockbuster. And uh, his public quote was, why should I waste shareholders' money 
on digital downloads when it's a technology that we won't see for another five to ten years? You know, and, and mm. again, it's easy to look back at the irony of it, but it, it ties directly to your opening quote, right, truly about being, you know, the fast beating the slow. Uh, you know, as Bill said, it's, it's this agility and it's this courage to pivot. So many mm-hmm. organizations are addicted you know, to their core business and they're addicted to the performance results that they get from that core business that they're too afraid to make the pivot, to make the investment, and to spend to move forward you know, in, in a new, and in this case, digital age. Thank you very much. And, and Mike, I want to read one more of these, what they called at Wikipedia, pithy aphorisms. <laughs> That's a tongue twister <laughs> from, from Wang. I think you'll appreciate this one, and we can get Bill, Bill's uh, comments also. He said, we must not contradict but instruct him that contradicts us, for a madman is not cured by another running mad also. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a great one, yeah. Isn't that something? Bill Bill Briggs, I hear you laughing in the background. Bill, join us. What do you think? Was that that a keeper? I said, pass the hookah. Uh, That's a great one. (laughs) (laughs) What I think this, if anything, in this, what, what we're seeing is, you know, being anchored by that you know, the historical success that we've had, or just the institutional legacy of how we've always thought about the world, how we've always, how we've always kind of gone about our, practicing our craft. You know, the, the, that it is irony that that strength becomes—it's almost the reverse of keto. Right? It's the your own strength becomes the your, your weakness in the eyes of your opponent. So it's—I um, think it's a great one. And how do we? How do we spark that imagination to bring a bit of madness to, you know, what the, the, the beauty of it, though, is we talk about, it's not like all rules of competition and, and the, we've, we've lost all, be able to see patterns and, and kind of make sense of the changes happening with us. Uh, so even though it's profoundly different, it's changing seemingly every day. Within that, there, there's, you know, some truisms we can talk through and, you know, some ways to actually shepherd our way through uh, what could be a pretty frightening uh, era here, right? And and we shall. And, and let's talk for a minute before I get into what are you drinking today. We know one of you is in London, but uh, let's talk about that frightening part. It, this topic today, Bill and Mike, it's the Bill, Mike, and Bonnie show, I decided. Uh, th- this topic, is this breaking news, the quotes, we're laughing, we're, we're being very uh, congenial about this, but this is serious stuff, survival in the digital age digital technologies, embracing digitization. Some people say digitalization. I think there's a very thin slice of a shade of difference in the two, but it doesn't matter. We're talking about a change in the business environment, and that's why the title of this episode is The New Business Battleground. Are all CEOs, and let's focus on the big ones, are they ready to do battle? Do they recognize that they're in the battle, whether they know it or not, whether they entered it willingly? Is this something that people tuning in, Bill Briggs, I'm start with you people tuning in saying what business battle nah, everything's fine no. our stock prices are stable is this news no I, I think in every boardroom in every industry across the globe digital transformation is is an agenda item so I, I don't think it's a surprise that we find ourselves in, in what I'd like to describe this continue on one side is the hero's journey of this unprecedented opportunity for innovation and growth on the other side we've got this sort of Damocles hanging over us this existential threat of disruption and kind of what do we do about it? I think that the problem statement is known. 
and and I'll we could fill this entire hour with aphorisms and quotes. Another one of my favorite ones from the Cohen brothers, from the Raising Arizona, a great movie from the eighties. Uh, at one point, they say, "I'd rather light you a candle than curse your darkness." And I think that the the point of it is one: how do we define this broad? You know, digital transformation means literally everything. And so, you know, what we try to help frame it, it's the the digital engagement, the changing customer expectations, and how we actually deliver new experiences seamlessly across. That's the one that most people started with, with digital. Uh, the definition has evolved to include the focus today, how do we apply it inside the core, inside the enterprise, same concepts, how do we actually embrace that to reimagine, reshape how work gets done, uh, full stop. And, and in that, you can't separate individual technologies, which sometimes becomes the digital transformation equals how do we become better at machine learning, or digital transformation equals how do we embrace cloud, or digital transformation equals how do we go on the next generation for SAP platform. Those are all ingredients to a broader story. There's this control collision of all of them and how they come together and flip the frame into thinking about our business, our functions, our people, our customers differently. It's, it's that shift from abstract looming problem statement or opportunity statement into a bounded way to actually you know, stop talking about the what of the change around us mm-hmm. to the so what of what it means to our business and the bold path we need to craft, and then the now what of how do we actually get started. And if I had to put my ducats of what I care most about, it would be split between the so what and the now what. I mean, the technologies are interesting. I'm a technologist. Mike's a technologist. We could spend all day on that path. But the, the point is, they're real. They're now, we're not waiting for things. This isn't Beach Boys, wouldn't it be nice? Um, and, mm-hmm. and we have to know how to get to tomorrow from today for sure. But we also have to be bold enough to imagine tomorrow to have confidence to, to take the first steps toward it. So um, it's not new. I think what's new is having a disciplined way to actually break down what could be an overwhelming bit of abstract. Thank you. Boy, we're really pulling out the quotes here today. A lot of good stuff. <laughs> we could write a little mini book about this. Mike Brinker, love to get your thoughts. Breaking news or uh, looking, holding up the mirror to boardrooms today. As, as Bill said, digital transformation is on the agenda of every boardroom today. What do you observe, Mike Brinker? Yeah, I would agree with Bill. I mean, we are seeing this, you know, at the board level in just about every company. Um, I, I do think, though, there's it's kind of a rule of threes, a third, a third, a third. A third of the businesses out there, you know, are moving aggressively to pivot and, uh, you know, within their industry, really get out in front and lead. Uh, the other end of that spectrum, a third, you know, know it's important, but they're just not moving, right? And all too often, you know, businesses know what they need to do. They know what the right thing is. They, they just can't execute or they execute too late. Right. If you look at all the retailers that have gone out of business right, in the last five years, major retailers have shut down. They all knew you know, Amazon was out there. They all knew e-commerce was important. Uh, they, they just weren't able to get out in front of it fast enough. And you know, so, so often it's, it's not just about knowing. It's you know, it, it, you know, going back to, uh, to Bill's original quote at the top of the hour, um, it, it is you know, about doing something and doing it now and doing it you know, in a bold way. And I think that's, that's uh, where most companies get hung up. 
Okay, well, we're trying to get them unhung up. Thank you very much. A really interesting conversation. We haven't even gotten to the roundtable, and we're already deep going around here. I appreciate that. Bill Briggs, let's do a little up close and personal with you before we go to a quick break. And the question is, where are you calling from, and what's in your cup today? Or, Bill, what would you rather be drinking that would really make you happy? Well, you sound very happy, but what would you love to be drinking? That, that makes it more fun. I'm actually in my home office. I'm flying in an hour, but I shifted my flight to be on the call with, with you today. So I'm in Silicon Prairie in Kansas City, <laughs> uh, where the magic happens. Uh, and I'm drinking a flat white, but I'm a huge whiskey guy. So I would probably have a Balvini, let's say, uh, 15-year triple cask Balvini. If uh, I was closer to London time right now, I might have even more choice quotes for you, but I have a boring flat white for now. Well, tell us, remind us what a flat white is and tell us why you're calling where you are Silicon Prairie. I am new to that phrase and I think our listeners would love to know. So take that in any order you'd like. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Bill. Well, I, ha- I have to break down uh, when I'm with our clients and our alliance partners and they wonder why Deloitte's global CTO lives in Kansas. Uh, I actually met and courted my wife in New York. We both lived in Midtown, uh, right off of 55th and Lex. Uh, but it turns out she grew up in Kansas. Her parents are both retired, and I'm in a different city every day, most likely not the one where my mortgage is paid. So um, a few years ago, she, she asked me uh, nicely. Well, actually, it was more of a, a conversation like this. You're a great husband and great father. We're going to move from Chicago to Kansas City. We'd love you to join for you to join us, um, and I decided to take that option. So um, what's nice is the entirety of my my basement in Kansas City would fit comfortably in the duplex we had a couple blocks from Wrigley. So we missed the Cubs championship, which was a bit of a bummer, but we gained it in uh, square footage in Kansas. There you go. It's been really good, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Thank you. That was up close and personal. I usually say to my panelists, Bill, we want to know where you're calling from, but please do not feel the need to give us the Google map coordinates of the roof of your house or your office. (laughs) You you came pretty close there. Thank you very much. Well, well, if you're ever in town, I'm happy to. People can tweet me up at uh, at WDB3. I'll give them the coordinates and I'll have them over for barbecue. Be good. <laughs> you, are, I'll be there. I'll be there after Sapphire. I'll come and see you. I probably could use a little barbecue, and I'll talk about that later in the show. Mike Brinker, what takes you to London today? How long are you there for? What are you doing? What part of London? And what are you drinking? Well, goodness, what time is it there? It must be oh dinner time. Late is it tea time? Mike Brinker, is it tea time in London? Wow, there's so many questions in there, Bonnie. Um, Sorry. It is, tea time. <laughs> it is uh, about 3.30 in the afternoon, coming up on 3.30 in the afternoon. So okay. it's, not quite, it's not quite pub time, um, but it is, uh, it is tea time. So what's, uh, what's in my cup? So actually, my cup today is a bottle, um, but it is, <laughs> okay. a, it is a little early. So <laughs> at lunch today, I, I had a feeling, uh, just knowing you and knowing your show, you might just ask this. So I asked the waiter to bring me something uniquely English, and he brought me square mm. root London cola, which uh, I, I, can't, I can't say I've ever had this before, uh, but uh, it's, it's one of these handmade local ingredients right here in the city of London, and uh, it's not too bad. Not too bad. Square uh, root. I have to look that up. What is this now? Square. It's a root. square. It's square root London cola. London cola. Hold. Just give Un- me a second. Uniquely, here. uniquely English. 
Okay, here we go. Small batch sodas handmade in Hackney. This is a 2012 article from squarerootsoda.co.co.uk. And the web, oh my goodness, I'm looking at uh, Hackney in East London, small batch sodas handmade. I'm looking at an amazing picture. Mike, of a bowl of raspberries that are so huge on my screen. I've got an iMac 27. I just want to reach out and grab them and say to you and Bill, I'll be back in a couple minutes. I have to have my breakfast. Uh, In 2012, Ed and Robin started making square root sodas, selling them at the local farmer's market. They enlisted the help of a 1920s delivery tricycle, Elsie, and began peddling them all around town, peddling with an L-I-N-G rather than an A-L-I-N-G. Since then, they opened their very own soda works in a railway arch in Hackney and demand for the sodas has grown exponentially and they have lots of flavors and here's a picture of this lovely couple uh, yes Ed and Robin oh my goodness with the fruit and the strawberries and all that anyway I don't know whether they invented it but the, it's called squarerootsoda.com so it looks like that's where it comes from thank you Mike well I don't it want is, to disappoint uh, yeah go ahead yeah, I was going to say it is fantastic I, I don't it, this one doesn't have raspberries in it but it is uh in the way of colas, um, very good. Although anything with caffeine, you know, this time of day is always good for me. So, well, I would agree with that. But you know what? Today is a doubleheader day. It's Tuesday here on Game Changers Radio, and we are having a very interesting conversation. Uh, one thing about Game Changers Radio, I would like to say, and I think I say it with great certainty and experience: never boring, never dull. We are not canned Q and A. We are not reading slides. We are not reading from a prepared script. I am just delighted today to be speaking with two very wise men. I'm going to say that: Bill Briggs from Deloitte and Mike Brinker from Deloitte. Mike is in. London. Bill is in the Silicon Prairie. We are drinking square square root, some kind of square soda cola from London, and we're having a very good time. But a serious topic, and, and we are touching upon it in so many ways. The new business battleground, digital technologies. Is your company agile? Are your leaders embracing the notion that they need to pivot? Are they among the one-third of businesses that are ready and willing and eager and poised to do this? Are they already doing this? What's on the agenda in your boardroom? Do you understand digital technologies? They're here. The world is changing. You have to do what we said in the opening. You have to be ready to no longer big beat the small, but the fast beat the slow. That was my opening quote from Eric Pearson, the CIO of International Hotel Group. We're going to take a quick break, give everybody a chance to have the pause that refreshes for 90 seconds. And when we come back, we will open the roundtable again, because we've already been going around the table with Bill Briggs starting out. And we'll be talking about this thing called digital technologies and business transformation. So I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You know we're coming back. Kevin out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. An unprecedented pace of change driven by exciting technology advances like the Internet of Things is disrupting your industry and every other industry around the globe. Your future business success will be influenced by your ability to understand and harness these innovations and many more. Mobile devices instantaneously connecting the world populations, robotics, 3D printing, and self-driving cars. The sharing economy and ubiquitous global business networks. Reality Check. The future is happening right now. Join us for insights from industry experts on what it all means for your business and your daily life. The Future of the Future with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit SAP.com. 
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Future of the Future with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to the future of the future with Game Changers. In fact, it is the future and it's right now. And I always try to define future. And if I say the future is now... And I wait for that period and the pause between the, the next, se- the first sentence and the next. The future already happened and it's in the past. So it's going fast. I'm speaking today with Bill Briggs at Deloitte. 18 years with Deloitte. He's been delivering complex transformation programs in a variety of industries, financial services, healthcare, consumer products, telecom, energy, and public sector. And he is the CTO. And Bill has sent us a lot of interesting information here for our roundtable. Let me read one of his notes and then he will run with it and we'll get Mike Brinker's POV as well. Mike is also with Deloitte. So Bill Briggs says the digital enterprise requires a fundamentally different approach for IT from the top down and he'll explain this in a minute and from the bottom up. Bill, tell us more please. Yeah, buddy, I mean we hit on what we usually start with is some of the bits we've already touched on you know, and, and it's the how do we think about our market, our business model, our products, offerings, our services, our, our people, how they work, our customers, important part of that equation. I mean, there's a big piece of it, which is how do we have that bounded kind of purposeful approach to digital transformation yeah, so we can start. So that there, that's kind of the subtext. You know, that's an important part of the, the, the equation. The piece that gets lost sometimes in the shuffle is that to do it right, uh, it actually it requires... IT, so let's say the CIO, the CTO, you know, her team, you know, the broader technology leadership team, how, how is the IT shop you know, going to transform itself in line with the needs and expectations of, of what those ambitions laid out in the first piece, how they manifest? So the right speed for IT is faster, and it requires you know, fundamentally reimagining the, the, the type of people that you need. So we've seen large financial services companies actually acquire creative agencies because they believe design is such a core part of what they had to be able to deliver for engineering of, of solutions. You, know, you see it shifting in how they actually think about budgeting. So smaller projects, you know, agile-like budgeting processes that get assigned to products or product teams or you know, at least discrete business executives so that you're almost kind of owning your own you know, backlog of ideas and things that you want to move to. It's just an idea of how do you short-circuit bureaucracy and get teams nimble and assigned to actual outcomes and results. Um, so the, the top-down is literally the, how do we think about talent in a different way? How do we organize IT in a different way? How do we deliver IT in a different way? Then on the bottom-up piece, you need to modernize the infrastructure and platforms you're running on, the applications that you're using. Mm-hmm. By the way, legacy doesn't mean it's an albatross. You would typically mm-hmm. think of legacy systems as a four-letter word holding us back, that can be the foundation for innovation and growth. But we likely need to remediate or, or revitalize them, get them ready to participate in this new world. Um, and so this, it's, it's this nice, you know, either one can help have incremental benefits, but doing them together, you see a flywheel effect of, you know, we have a more automated, modern kind of foundation, uh, expecting things to play together in a way they haven't before, 
and that's coming together with a completely different mindset and kind of mandate mantra and delivery model for for IT. And this is one of those universal. If a CIO isn't taking a hard look at their shop, and you know, from the overall mission mandate and positioning to the underlying, how do we modernize our network, our data centers? How do we move to cloud? How do we modernize our applications? Um, their ability to actually be credible in this digital, you know, what it takes to not just imagine today and build up something kind of net new, but how to integrate it deeply into this core. That's where the magic happens, and that's where the real value comes from. Thank you very much. Mike Brinker, love to get your POV on this. Agree or disagree? You don't have to agree with everything he says. What do you think? <laughs> Albatross Albatross or not? Legacy good thing or, or not so much? Are they retrievable, retrainable, retransformable? Talk to me. Yeah, I think in most cases, you know, it's really about extending that core. It's a, it's, it isn't an albatross. It's, it's about how do, you, how do you put a layer, you know, on the outside of it so that you can extend that forward, you know, out to the edge where a lot of the innovation is happening. If we think about our, our personal lives, um, you know, we all live these really immersive digital lives. We have instant communication and sharing. We can transact anything with our mobile devices. We can order a pizza with one click. But then we come into work, and so much of that uh, you know, goes away, right, where we, now we have to order parts and we're using fax machines and things. Right? <laughs> so if we think about um, extending those systems out you know, to the edge, to mobile devices, to IoT sensors, you know, to wearables, to other things that will, you know, truly create, you know, uh, higher productivity, better efficiency, a more intuitive way to work. Um, and we're just, we're seeing, you know, hundreds of use cases across every industry where we can really bring to life, you know, whole new ways of doing business uh, using a, a lot of those edge uh, edge tools that, that we haven't had before. And that's, you know, when... Bill describes the different architectures and how we go about it. It's, it's really to enable a lot of that, that uh, new business technology. Thank you very and I, much. And I think, yeah, Bill, go ahead. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, and I don't want it to be a panacea. I think that sometimes for you know, the client executives that I'm with, it can feel like an albatross. In, in a way, the technical debt, the legacy, you know, it's, the, it's the Sisyphus that every day we wake up and push the rock up and it, gets, it seems like it gets heavier and harder every day and we never quite get to the top and push it over. So it's, it's very real, and it dominates so much of spend. But it's the reframing of, you know, what could we do to make pieces of it, being, you know, surgical? How do, how do we make pieces of it extendable, you know, and participating in the broader digital opportunity in front of us? And not just assume we either have to blow it up or we have to do massive open-heart surgery to, to get everything we have ready to, to do what we need it to do. And, by the way, all of that's going to go gold-plated, very expensive, very timely timely and hard plumbing that nobody gets that excited about. Um, so it's very real, and, and, and it's just how do, we, yeah, how do we make that a bounded conversation, make it purposeful, and, but recognize that it's not the only answer isn't napalm and start from scratch and, mm. you know, and or you know, take on a multi-year <laughs> initiative that you can expect a trap door in the boardroom to, to be triggered and you know, find yourself looking for a new job if that's your... That becomes your legacy you're trying to create yourself. 
Let, let me interject something here before, Mike, I'm looking at some notes from you, and, and we're going to get to them in a second, but we talked about, uh, Bill, you just said, the need to question mark, find a new job. What about the influx of, mil- influx of millennials into all stratus, strata of the corporate, we used to call it ladder, we don't call it that anymore, all, all, all workplace uh, areas of management from, from line people all the way up to the C-suite. Did they get this? These digital natives, are they the ones who are coming in and say, yeah, we get it. It's What are we talking about here? Let's just become agile. Let's pivot. Let's do it. What are you guys waiting for? You know, out with the old, in with the new. Are they going to be the leaders of the fast beating the slow? Or does it, is it going to take longer in terms of corporate culture embracing the new people and the new mantra and the new energy? Bill, what do you think? Well, I think, so it's more of a mindset than an age or generational thing. For sure, okay. we, you know, we, we, we are hiring more analysts than ever. That's our people coming in off of campus, you know, because we want fresh perspective. We want people that don't have that bias of how things have always been done. And, and kind of the way we, we challenge them is you know, not just for our clients and how do you bring new, new thoughts and ideas to the problems that we're trying to help our clients solve, but I mean, how do you actually think about how we how Deloitte practices our own craft. You know, how do we, not just Deloitte Digital is the practice we use to help transform our clients' businesses, but the digital Deloitte piece, which our CEO is very vocal about. You know, how do we kind of rethink mm-hmm. our own, you know, how, we, how we work. Um, so for sure, that's a great resource. I, I, just, I hate when we say, you know, let's just wait until the millennial generation takes over and then mm-hmm. a lot of this gets solved for itself because it, I, a lot of great executives that are in you know, traditional companies that have been leaders in their field for 110 years are driving this kind of change. So it really is a mindset that you know, we'll, we'll see more of it come up generationally, but it's not limited to it. Mike Brinker, what are your thoughts on this? Controversial? Uh, what do you think? Are we waiting for millennials to, to rise up? I'm thinking of Andrew Day's song, We Will Rise Up. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> Trying to be yeah. culture-bound here with the two of you. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't think we're waiting. And, and I don't think, um, you know, I think to millennials, it, it's, it's not about it being a digital experience. It's just an experience, right? And mm. you know, I've got a 17-year-old daughter, and I think, you know, she went to work, you know, at a retailer right now, and they gave her um, – you know, if they give her a mobile device, right, for to re- work that retail floor, right, where she has the same store information, she has, you know, the ability to do inventory, training, you know, if the whole job function is on that device, she wouldn't really think of that as a mobile experience. She wouldn't think of it as a digital experience. She would just think of it as, you know, Tuesday, right, because... Mm-hmm. To this millennial generation, they're living such an immersive digital life that that's just it is the expectation, right? There's a saying, you know, your your last great digital experience is your expectation for every future experience, right? So, um, I think for the millennial generation, it you know it's um, it it's absolutely uh, it isn't even going to be considered new. It's just going to be considered. Uh, you know, regular technology. I think for older generations, um, you know, we're, we're seeing from an adoption perspective uh, across the board, right, there is, you know, an intuitiveness and an understanding that just makes life easier. You know, if ever, anybody was ever in the, you know, the travel industry uh, around, you know, booking uh, or, or running an airline system, you know, there's like, you know, you're doing like, you know, twister on the keyboard with, you know, control S, function F8, you know, to book a seat. 
you know, when it should just be, you know, a, a, a touch and tap, you know, uh, type environment. So we're seeing across the board, um, you know, when you go to intuitive interfaces and when you go to intuitive workflows, um, you know, it, it, it gets picked up right away. Very little training around it because of that. Thank you very much. And, and Mike, I want to give a little bit of your background as well because I did the same for your colleague, uh, Bill Briggs, a minute ago. Mike Brinker is the global leader for Deloitte Digital. He has responsibility across geographies for the digital strategy, e-commerce, mobile, social, digital marketing, creative design, customer and content services within Deloitte. So there you go. Mike, let's look at, we, we've been batting around the words native a little bit here and new and digital. So let's talk about what is actually driving some of this change, and this goes back to my opening quote, and you say in your notes, entire industries are being turned on end as new, quote-unquote, native digital companies emerge forcing change. So let's talk about these newcomers. They're disruptors. Who are they? Where are they coming from? How fast are they coming? Is any industry safe? Any or all of the above? Mike, what do you think? Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think um, it's if you think about this digital tsunami or this digital era that we're in, it's definitely driving uh, more profound change in, in a number of industries, right, in automotive, in media, in retail, and financial services, right? But I do think it's it's uh, you know, truly impacting in, in a huge way just about every industry across the board. You know, if you think about media, media has actually kind of flipped on end at least three times in the last 15 years. Right, mm-hmm. First with the internet, now with mobile, with streaming, you know, and then, you know, once, once we, we got the music thing figured out and, you know, it all went digital download, then all of a sudden it all went to, you know, streaming subscription, right? So, it, you know, the media business is just constantly flipping on end because of digital technologies. Um, but then you go over to automotive, right? And what's going on in automotive right now is also huge, right? The, the uh, the the largest automotive company by market cap right now is Tesla, right? Mm-hmm. Which is which is crazy because they only have two vehicles, you know, being sold right now, the Model S and the Model X. Yet, you know, the market sees right that that is the future, right? And the future of automotive looks more like the future of high tech. It's more about software. It's more about the interface. Right, and it's less about those you know ten thousand parts that made up you know the engine and and everything else. So you know we're seeing uh, in automotive um, you know a profound shift. We're seeing, as I mentioned earlier, in retail you know lots of retailers going out of business. We're seeing the ability to start a retail online company uh, goes to a, a capital cost of almost nothing and a zero cost to scale as uh, category companies pop up. Um, that are using cloud services to create the uh, to to create the online experience that are a pay per transaction. Um, they're fulfilling direct, you know, from the manufacturers, uh, and and they really have very little overhead, right? So if you're an established brick and mortar, you know, old school retailer, um, all of a sudden somebody's coming in with lower costs and, and no capital cost to scale, and that's a that's a real threat. Um, you know, outside of the the bigger threats, you know, being Amazon, the others that are, you know, uh, you know, gobbling up fifty to eighty billion dollars worth of um, retail market share right now. And we're seeing the same thing in financial services. We're seeing all digital, um, you know, companies start up. Right. We're seeing banks that, you know, are don't have physical branches. They're one hundred percent digital. And, you know, two 
you know, the millennials in this next generation, um, matter of fact, I know many of them, I know many that are in their 30s that have never physically walked into a bank. And when you can start, uh, when you can start a financial services company from scratch using all digital technologies, um, it, it creates you know, a, a huge amount of tension on the traditional incumbents. I was going to say, lucky them, they never walked into a bank, but I rest my case. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Although the coffee is good, I use a brokerage for my banking, and I am amazed that the minute I walk in the door, at least two people greet me, ask me how they can help me, offer me coffee. The staff is waiting no matter how many people online. They're waiting. They're patient. They're pleasant. They're efficient. I once left my checkbook on the counter because I had to find some, some numbers. They actually hunted me down in the system, found my cell phone, called me. I was 10 minutes away and said, would you please come back and get your checkbook? And I thought if that had been a traditional banking experience, Lord knows where that checkbook would have landed. Silly me. So there. Uh, Bill Briggs, let's get your thought on the industries that are being up. What's a checkbook? (laughs) (laughs) You're very funny. You know something? I only write checks now to one service provider, a, a small business person, and they take checks. Everybody else, it's all done through uh, bill pay online through yeah. the brokerage. Yeah. You're you're absolutely right. As a matter of fact, my accountant, I was I was shocked, amazed, and thrilled. I said to him, "Okay, when do I need to go to the post office to pay my taxes and and have the checks postmarked to the IRS in New York State?" And he said, "Oh, you already gave me the digits for accessing your your brokerage checking account." He said, "I'll take care of everything." I'll pay the estimated for the year for state. I'll pay it for federal. I'll send the checks that you owe, unfortunately, to the IRS. And he said, that's it. And now what I have to remember, there's one payment I need to make, which is for his service fee. So I have to do that today. And that will be done online. So you're absolutely right. What's a checkbook? You're absolutely right. I I rarely, rarely take it out of my purse anymore. I don't even carry it anymore. Bill Briggs, love to get your thought on all of these industries that are being upended. Did Mike cover them all? Anyone you want to talk about? No, I mean, I I, I like to say every company is a technology company now. It doesn't mean we won't have industrial equipment that's capable of doing excavation and construction or have life sciences creating molecules and drugs, but they're all seeing you know, this collection of everything we're putting under this digital umbrella. You know, it's, it's the future, either adjacencies to the core business or it's you know, brand new businesses that they're moving into, which might end up you know, being more valuable to them than their you know, traditional legacy core. So I think that it, you know, it's, it's that everyone, it affects everyone, and you know, everyone needs to have a strategy if your board hasn't asked you, if your CEO hasn't asked you, um, then it, they should be, and it's coming soon, and be in front of that. Um, and if they have, and there's collectively the struggle on, okay, how do we make sense of all of the potential areas of, of what it could mean and, 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 and the places we could go, you know, the good news is you know, others have done it, done it well. You know, there's, there's a proven way to think about, deconstruct, you know, come up with some provocations to actually challenge what the future of the business needs to look like. Um, but the key thing is that can't be done divorced from this realities of today. You know, so imagine tomorrow. We need to be bold in imagining tomorrow. But as we imagine, we, we need to know how it fits into our existing facilities, operations, talent model, the technology stack to how enable you know, what, what's going to require pretty significant 
end-to-end integration into all of our core order management and finance and billing and fulfillment and manufacturing process and the like. Too often those get separated. And then it becomes, ah, that last part is hard and makes everything we imagined untenable. Or if we would have known, you know, we would have shifted our ambition you know, to be more complete because we, we could tap into these things that we thought you know, wouldn't be available. Uh, so imagine tomorrow, get there from today. And, mm. and both are important. I like that. Is that an aphorism? It wasn't pithy. It was really right down to the core thought there. I, no, I appreciate don't know. that. I'm a simple Imag- guy from Kansas City, Bonnie. I don't know. Um, well, you're I, out I there in think, the prairie. Yeah, it's the truth. <laughs> call it, call it a, uh, an axiom. I don't know. Um, what did you say? Let me, let me tweet that. What is it? Imagine tomorrow and get there today? Yeah, yeah. Imagine tomorrow and get there from today. Get there from both, today. Both, I'm going to have to... Have to and tweet both that. Both sides of that equation are crucial. Mike, you want to say something? I hear you, Mike Brinker. Yeah, no, I, I, I think what um, you know, Bill is talking about getting at the core of the business and transforming. You know, not just, uh, you know, not just a product or not just a service, but really driving that change deep within you know the systems, the supply chains, the organization. You know, it's absolutely critical. I was thinking. Um, you know, a great example of a company that's pivoted in the digital age, uh, an engine manufacturer, I won't say which one, but an engine manufacturer, you know, for uh, industrial jet engines. And you think about that business model, you know, for the last 50 years, they've been selling engines. Uh, customer buys it, they put it on a plane. They might get, you know, some servicing on the back end in terms of parts, but it's, it's, a, it's a big transaction. They're done. You know, they, what they quickly realized that, uh, to, to truly change their business model, right? First of all, there's not big capital outlays in that market anymore. So, you know, being able to lease the engines, but even more important, be able to create a, you know, a data service around those engines, where you're actually now making more money in terms of margin on the revenue stream from the the data that's coming off of those engines during the flight, right? And being able to sell that data back in terms of real-time analytics and real-time maintenance and real-time understanding so you limit the number of airplanes that uh, are in maintenance on the ground. And, you know, pivoting to be a data company and to provide a a streaming set of data real-time while the flight is in the air, um, Mm -hmm. you know, is a huge change. And that, that requires a core change to the business, the the capabilities, the, the, the HR teams, um, you know, everything across the board to, to then make that part of your core business. Thank you and, very and much. Mike, and you take it a step, yeah, go ahead, Bill. A step further, right? And, and if we had that visibility, not only could we monetize it, but then it changes the relationship we have with ecosystem partners. So potentially you have a fuel and lube manufacturer that can take the more detailed performance data that you might have and actually use it to create a custom molecule to actually improve, you name it, overall uh, efficiency, runtime, you know, preventative maintenance, you know, the characteristics that wouldn't be possible before. So you see this deeper collaboration kind of between and across industries as well as you start making that shift. I want to tell the two of you that we are having to make our own shift right here because it's uh, 10.52 a.m. here in New York, and that means we are officially in the crystal ball predictions round of the show. And I need a little time to talk about Sapphire at the end. So why don't we talk to Bill Briggs at Deloitte. And, Bill, 
I'm loving 2020. We've been listening to Barbara Walters say 2020 all these years. And somebody told me recently, it's only three New Year's Eves away. I'm not going to ask you where you're going to be celebrating or what bottle you put on reserve at your favorite restaurant or what your tux is going to look like or not. Uh, but Bill Briggs, I'd love for you to look forward from your vantage point at Deloitte as the CTO. What do you see will be that will be different about this topic if we met again? And I certainly hope we meet again in the interim, not to wait three years. But the new business battleground, digital technologies, will we still be calling it the new business battleground? Will we still be calling it digital technologies? What will change? I'm going to give you 60 seconds. Bill Briggs, prediction, please. Yeah, I hope that 2020, we're in, this, we're in a post-digital era where it's just fabric and in, in a way we understand what you, know, you name it mixed reality you know beyond mobiles we know it today into into AR VR IoT and that what it represents machine intelligence cognitive intelligence advanced analytics you know robotics and blockchain and we'll start seeing some really fascinating things from nanotech and synthetic biology and quantum, the things we call exponentials that are looming and coming. You know, all these technologies, they're maturing at a rapid pace. They're already real today. In three or four years, like Mike talking about Sydney's daughter, it doesn't think about a digital experience of how she's doing her job in a retailer. I think we'll stop worrying about the technology and can it do things or thinking about them individually, it's, it's going to be fabric and it's the control collision between these. That you know, it's, it's basically we're talking about the future of health and wellness and finance, future of government, future of you, know, you, you name it, of mobility at large. Uh, and it's all of these essential pieces of technology will be fueling what's possible between them. Uh, but we're, we're going to stop the emphasis on the, on the what and focus the frame on what more could and should we be doing around the so what. Thank you very much, Mike Brinker. I saved 60 seconds for you. What's your prediction, sir? Yeah, I, I feel like we just celebrated 1999. <laughs> um, <laughs> so three prince, years away. Long, long live the prince. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, you, you know, three years is not a long time. Um, I do yeah. think the word digital is going to go away, you know, like e-business went away uh, fairly soon. But I think the trend is going to continue uh, where, you know, computing is getting, uh, you know, exponentially cheaper, smaller, more ubiquitous. We're going to see, you know, sensors embedded in everything in in business and in our personal lives. We're going to see more AI, uh, more robotic process automation. Um, We're going to see businesses that start up that have no employees. But, you know, they will surprise us as being very, you know, full-service financial services businesses um, that manage customer service and manage supply chain, manage distribution, manage everything uh, in a fully automated way. And I, I think, you know, that trend will, will continue and will continue to disrupt a lot of the, the incumbents out there. Thank you very much. Brief and to the point. And I have a little announcement here. I'm looking at Twitter at hashtag SAPRADIO. We have lots of people have been tweeting, and I really appreciate that. Digital Mag, Digitalist Magazine at SAP and Ashley Tully. And we've got other people, uh, Digital Marketing, and we've got Deloitte, SAP Hybris. Thank you all. But I see a little advertisement here saying, oh, my goodness, SAP Game Changers Radio will be at Sapphire Live. And, yes, I know about this because I'm going. So for the first time, we will be 
there, not quite on the show floor, but in the background broadcasting. I will be interviewing one, two, and three-person, three panels, and uh, doing one-on-one and one-on-two interviews. We'll be talking about digital transformation in the same style here as we use on Game Changers Radio. Conversational, pleasant, friendly, like we've just had with the wonderful and very smart Bill Briggs and Mike Brinker at Deloitte. Thank you, gentlemen. What a pleasure speaking with you and learning from you. Just great words of wisdom and insights. So I look forward to seeing everybody who is going to be at Sapphire. Find me. There'll be a booth in the background somewhere that says Coffee Break with Game Changers Radio, which is our flagship show. And uh, we will also be streaming live on the SAP Partner Edge Facebook channel, uh-huh, courtesy of a Mevo camera that is being brought by the engineers at worldtalkradiovoiceamerica.com. So look for me at Sapphire. I'll be back in one hour with another show. Let's see what we've got today live on uh, Startup Focus with Game Changers. We're going to tackle the very difficult question of... Wait a minute. What's that question? It's sell, build, buy. Sell, design, build, or design, build, sell. What do you do first? Great panel. Fuad El-Nagar at Sappho, Luisa Silva at SAP Startup Focus, and Colleen Hardwick at Space Place Speak is coming back to join us. So don't even think of touching that mouse and that dial and that app. Whatever you're doing, stay tuned. In one hour, we'll be back with another live show. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here's my shout-out. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to the Future of the Future with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.